back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Modelo, a proud sponsor of the Raiders and the official beer of fans with the fighting spirit. It's time for JT The Brick. I am JT The Brick Focus black hole, getting in there, ready to rock. I got my A game. I've been there with the Raider Nation in the black hole. I've been in this rivalry. I've seen it in my 24 years here. It's a do or die game. Can't let them win in Vegas. Protect the house. Protect the Legion Stadium. Be ready to go. No half-ass effort. You don't need a PhD. You don't need some expert on CNN or Fox News teaching you about fandom. I just told you. JT the Brick. I'm on a roll right now, so let me go. Hey, JT. Yes. I love you, and I love your show, Thank buddy. you. That's what the Raiders are based on. Al Davis, the history of the Raiders. They were always banged up. They were always taped up. They had blood coming through their helmets, and they played. The 11 angry men. I'm not encouraging injuries. I'm encouraging violence. So that's where we are, Raider Nation. Simply put, man up and play football and win a game. And now. That's a hell of a motivational speech. Here's JT the Brick. Hour number two of the show, we're celebrating Fred Bolitnikoff's 80th birthday today. Freddie B's 80 today. So we're doing an on-air radio Raider Nation flagship birthday party with him, and his friends are calling in, just like any birthday party you had. If you were out of town or you weren't around or, you know, you had friends on the other side of the country, you send a card, you do a Zoom, you do FaceTime. That's kind of the focus of the show today. Hope you stayed out of the wind the last couple of days. Man, has it been windy and crazy and uh, batting down the hatches here as I hope the weather. It gets cool, very cold here in Vegas, very windy. Then the sun pops out from now, and it looks incredible. So hour number one, George Atkinson was fantastic. James Lofton checked in. We started off the show with the great Raymond Chester. And we're trying to thread the needle here over the next 55 minutes to try to get up uh, some of Freddie's friends. Marcus Allen is confirmed in. Ronnie Lott. We're waiting on Tim Brown, Phil Villapiano, uh, just a few that are going to come in here and talk about Fred, the impact that he had as a player at Florida State, uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. Any Erie in the house today? Anybody from Erie? Raise your hand and beep your horn. And everybody else who's out there that like to say something, especially members of this great fan base, the Raider Nation, uh, our number is 702-365-9200. And again, this is not a quiz. It's not a pop quiz. It's kind of simple. What impact did Fred have on the Raiders that affected you just as a fan? You all have your favorite players. Uh, just recently this past year, I had an opportunity to go out there with the legends of the game, the three MVPs of the Super Bowl, Fred Bolitnikoff, Jim Plunkett, and Marcus Allen, and interview all three of them on the 50-yard line at Allegiant Stadium. It was a high moment for my career. Very lucky and appreciative that I got a chance to do that. And the, the roaring ovation for Fred, I could hear on the field and he could. And as we walked off and he got in the golf cart, you could tell it had an impact on him. And if maybe he got an autograph, a signature, or a jersey. You know, the Raiders haven't retired jersey numbers, so 25, when you see 25 and Charlie Garner over the years and others, I still go to games and see a lot of 25 Bolitnikov jerseys everywhere, everywhere, all over. And, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty special, you know, to be able to see a player that did so much for this franchise still have an impact with the fans, which is really important there. So that's what we're doing today. Warren Moon, Warren Moon just texted me, uh, said, happy 80th to Freddie B today. He amazes me. That's coming in from Warren Moon. And if you want to text the station, go ahead and do that. Or just want to hit us up on Twitter at JT the Brick. 
the hashtag Freddie B 80th, Freddie B 80th, as we continue here today. We heard from the Black Hole, a couple other fans who checked in. Uh, the national news today, Aaron Rodgers completed a four-day darkness retreat. Uh, the Jets have now pounced. The Jets have inquired about the trade. So that is breaking news on NFL Live on ESPN. The Jets, who already sat down with Derek Carr and told Derek Carr if he goes to the Jets, he could be a first ballot Hall of Famer, all of a sudden now won Aaron Rodgers. Uh, as I dove into this topic here over the last couple of days, it's pretty simple to me to see what's going to happen. You've got to have $60 million in cap space to get him year one. You've got to try to get some type of commitment out of Aaron Rodgers to play more than a year. I would like the Raiders to get Aaron Rodgers for selfish reasons, but if he doesn't commit for more than a year or two, it's not worth it. I think the Raiders are on the short list. At least the Vegas sports books believe that. So if you go to the Westgate, Circa, if you see anyone taking short odds on this, a lot of people are looking at Aaron Rodgers. I think the three fits that make most sense to him are the Raiders, Nashville with the Titans. I think the Titans got Derrick Henry and a really good coach and a good team. It's a lifestyle play. Nashville's a cool place to live right now if you're Aaron Rodgers and you like your personal life and you want to do some cool stuff. And then the Jets. You know, from talking to people about the Jets, the problem with the Jets, even though Brett Favre went and played there recently, recently, is that legacies go to die with the Jets. They just go to die there. After Joe Namath, who they've had, Mark Sanchez and the butt fumble. Mark Sanchez went to the AFC Championship game back-to-back. So they were a Super Bowl contending type of team. And other than that, what have they had? Richard Todd, do you remember that name? There haven't been many great Jet quarterbacks over the year. Chad Pennington is considered a legend in that franchise. So, you know, Peyton Manning didn't go to the Jets. He didn't go to Nashville. He went to Denver. And he went to two Super Bowls and won one. You know, Russell Wilson left Seattle. He went to Denver. He didn't go to the Jets. So for the Jets to think they're going to cut the line and get Aaron Rodgers and do that, well, what they're going to be able to have to play on is the fact that it's the number one media market. And I think that Aaron Rodgers plays big, plays big, when it comes to that, it, that plays big in a big way. And when I look at what's going to happen with him, if he wants to be the guy who is going to go out and have this big impact in the media, why not have that media impact in the number one media market? But it's like the Clippers and the Lakers. The Giants are the kings of New York, New Jersey over the Jets. Daniel Jones wants $45 million. Aaron Rodgers is going to get 60 So I don't know how great that fit is or not. But that's something that we're talking about here. 702-365-9200 if you want to get in here as we continue. And we're ready to roll here with some of the legends who are going to be joining us here in a minute. In regards to what the Raiders could do at the Combine, there's a bunch of quarterbacks I got to interview. And Dave Ziegler, if he's got his eye on Bryce Young, who I think is going to go number one or number two, or C.J. Stroud, that I think is not going to go past number four. I, I, what do you do? If you're Dave Ziegler, are you going to trade up to number two or one or three to get the quarterback you want? Yeah, Vinny Bonsignor told us yesterday, only if you love that quarterback. If you love that quarterback, go do it. If not, sit back at number seven and get a really good quarterback. Some of these things that I see what's happening recently, man, you know, the great Lamar Jackson went in the, the last pick of the first round, number 32. Number 32. Why didn't Baltimore trade up to number five to get Lamar Jackson? He should have never been there at 32. Josh Allen went number seven. 
fell to Buffalo. Why didn't someone go in and try to get him a little bit earlier than that? So if you don't pounce and go after someone and, and try to get someone early, then I don't know how you do it. Here we go. The great Tim Brown joins us on Fred Bolitnikoff's 80th birthday. Timmy, thanks so much for doing this. Your coach, a mentor as a receiver, a Hall of Famer like yourself. Uh, what do you have to say to Freddie on his 80th? Oh, my God. 80 years <laughs> old? Wow. Hey, look, I mean, well, you know, quite frankly, Freddie is acting like he was 80 years old for for the 40 years I've known him, but uh, it's amazing to know that he's really 80 years old. I mean, what what a great guy he's been. I'm joking about the 80 years, of course, but uh, uh, look, I mean, this guy, man, if not for him, I certainly didn't have the career that I had, and I mean, he has just been, you know, everything that I could have asked for as a coach, a mentor, you know, I mean, uh, I, everything I needed during that time, he was there for me, so it was it was great. Let's get, let's get specific, Timmy, on the coaching aspect of it at, at your career coming out of Notre Dame with the Heisman, knowing Freddie's accomplishments at Florida State. So when you made that connection with Mr. Davis and Freddie and some of the earlier coaches, what were some of the first memories you have of knowing Fred Bolitnikoff? <laughs> well, the very, you know, Fred, well, Freddie wasn't there my rookie year. Uh, so he came in uh, going into my, 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 uh, my second year. And, uh, you know, the, one of the first interactions we had, you know, I didn't know anything about Fred Belitnikoff, man. You know, I grew up a Dallas Cowboy fan and all that. So I knew all, all about Drew and Tony and Roger and Tony Dorsett and all those guys, Tony Hill, Tony Dorsett. But I didn't know anything about the Raiders and the legend that Freddie was and, you know, uh, how he could, you know, that mouth of his was, was pretty, <laughs> was, was pretty famous all by itself. But, uh, man, he must have cursed me out like nobody's ever cursed me out before. And I remember practicing the rest of the day with a little tear in my eye. And, and after practice, I went to him and I said, hey, coach, that's not going to work, man. I mean, my daddy don't talk to me that way, and I, I don't know if I can, you know, take you talking to me that way. So he looked at me strange, but, you know, we worked it out. And, uh, you know, for the next 15 years, man, we never had that issue again. But, um, but you know, look, I mean, Freddie, you know, when he got there, you know, there were certain things that he wanted me to do. But if I if I saw another way of doing it, then he would allow me to do that. And mm. not a lot of coaches w- w- would do that. You know, they, they wanted you to do things their way. If you couldn't do it their way, then either they weren't going to play you or, you know, you would play sparingly. But, you know, Freddie allowed me to be me. And uh, a lot of things that I did was because of him. But the one or two things I wanted to do on my own, he allowed me to do that. And I was very grateful for that. Tim Brown joins us. So that's an interesting part of this because of Mr. Davis and how big he was as an owner and as a football coach and a guy who looked at your film and practice, let alone your game and mostly all your great games and the buffer between Mr. Davis, you and Fred Bolitnikoff. What was that dichotomy about? Man, you know, look, I, I don't know. Freddie still hasn't told me about some of the conversations him and, him and uh, Al had about me. I can only <laughs> imagine uh, how crazy they were because, you know, me and Mr. Davis didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things back in that, you know, back in that time, mostly with things off the field more than on the field. Well, you know, some things on the field, but, you know, so, and Freddie and I, you know, 
he well, he, let me. He didn't. He didn't tell me he disagreed with me. If he did disagree <laughs> with me, but you know, so we would have some you know incredible conversations, and really, it's that mentor part, right? Where you know, you you need somebody that you can, um, you know, talk to about this stuff. Somebody who has been in your position, and obviously, Freddie had had done that, and he had dealt with Al at the highest levels also, because him and Al didn't have the the greatest relationship when when they when he was playing. So, um, you know, so I think from that standpoint, man, you know, uh, whatever Freddie did, he kept he kept Mr. Davis off of me long enough for me to get 16 years in uh, with the Raiders. But, uh, but um, you know, so I'm, I'm always grateful for the relationship that we, we had during those days and certainly the friendship that we have now. Uh, Timmy, I want to wrap it up with two more. First, the Hall of Fame. I, I know we talked about it. You waited too long and you waited with dignity as you waited and you should have been in first ballot and Freddie was already in there and you had to deal with that also with Cliff as you were in there and Cliff ended up passing yeah. away before he got in. What about the connection with you and Fred Bolitnikoff and the Pro Football Hall of Fame and that gold jacket? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, <laughs> for every every once in a while in our meetings when it seems like guys wouldn't uh, going along with what he said, you know, he would just sort of mention, hey, I'm the guy <laughs> <laughs> I, I I got the championship rings and I got the gold jackets, you know. So, uh, it, you know, every once in a while you got to put these young guys in their place. And Freddie always had the the wherewithal to do that, uh, especially when you start talking about championships and and gold jackets, man. But um, you know, look, I mean, I, I I think the guys who played for Freddie, I mean, we had a ton ton of receivers, unfortunately to come through there during those days, you know, my 15 years, my 16 years with the Raiders. I mean, I'm sure there were 40 different receivers that came through there during that time. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we were running guys in and out quite a bit, but you know, I think anybody who came through there knew that they had the opportunity to work under a coach who knew the game like the back of his hand and also had the ability to, to treat me a certain way, treat James Jett a certain way, to treat James Lofton a certain way, you know, who was, you know, uh, almost his age, uh, you know, a couple of years behind him, you know, it felt like, you know, because we used to call James Grandpa, you know, because he was so old when I got there in the league. But, you know, so, but Freddie had the ability to, to, to adapt to everybody's personality, man. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, and that's why he was, he was with the Raiders so long as a, as a, as a wide receiver coach because I'm sure, you know, the ability to adapt to these younger guys, you know, made him uh, a mainstay with the organization. Tim, last one, a serious one. I've seen you get off the plane and then instantly get on a plane after being there for Fred and Angela after Tracy Bolitnikoff passed, and you've been able to help the foundation at a remarkable pace at the golf tournament to Crab Feed. And I know with your schedule, you make it a priority. Let's wrap it up with that friendship and what that means when Freddie needed you and you were there to help out every year, a couple of times a year with Tracy Bolitnikoff. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was such a devastating deal for for Freddie and the family, and um, you know, as a as a you know, really as a friend at that moment, you you don't look at yourself as a as a you know player being coached by him, but you you're hoping that you can you know be a friend to him and be a shoulder when he needs to. Uh, you know, and Fred is a he's a tough cat, man. You know, mm-hmm. one of the toughest cats I've ever met in my life, but that was enough to break him down several times, you know, and, mm. and, uh, and, you know, I mean, I, I, sometimes you get in situations, man, you don't have words to say, right? Because you can't say it's going to be okay. You can't say it's going to be better. 
You know, uh, you know, so you just have to be there for him, man. And if he wants to cry, if he wants to do whatever, then, you know, you just wanted to be there for him. And, and certainly if, if me showing up for one of his events will help him raise another dollar, you know, towards that cause, man, then, you know, that's, that's what I've been trying to do over the years. Haven't been able to make all the events, but certainly, uh, they know that if I'm not there, it's for a real good reason I'm not there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that was a very difficult time for everybody involved, but certainly for, for the family, them going through that, it, it was really devastating for, 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 to see them, you know, going, going through what they went through. Thanks, Timmy. I'll see you tomorrow night. We got a nice event coming up with the Raiders. Look forward to seeing you. And thanks for doing this on Freddie's birthday. Hey, no problem, brother. Be good. You got it. There he is, Tim Brown. Appreciate Tim Brown coming on. That's really cool. I mean, come on. Uh, Tim Brown, Fred Bolitnikoff, when it comes to the Hall of Fame, pretty special there. So we got a lot more to get to. Uh, when we come back, we got more legends coming in. So I want to get out of the way quickly here. DeMond will reset here on the other side. I want to hear from some callers from the Raider Nation from all over. Maybe we'll get one from Erie and someone will check in too. This is what we're doing today. It's the 80th birthday party of Fred Bolitnikoff. When we come back, I think on the Mount Rushmore of defense, one of the greatest defensive players to ever live, maybe two of them are going to join us. Two Raider legends coming up here. Uh, we're threading the needle. Damon doing a great job. We appreciate that. It's Freddie B. Hashtag him today. Freddie B's 80th. Fred Bolitnikoff, whatever it is, hashtag him. He doesn't have Twitter. He doesn't need it. He's got his friends on his 80th birthday party. More surprises and legends coming up next as we celebrate Fred's 80th right here on the flagship of the Silver and Black. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. JT, back with you as we continue on. It's Fred Bolitnikoff's 80th birthday party, and we're doing it here on the radio. Phil Villapiano, Ronnie Lott, Marcus Allen, all coming up here. I'm trying, I feel like I'm, I'm running an airport here. I feel like Damon and me are running an airport and we're trying to figure out how to get all these guys lined up here as we continue on. And uh, we're excited because Freddie, Freddie's so important to us. And we're having a lot of fun today. So if you uh, want to get through, uh, 702-365-9200 is the number as we continue on. And we're going to try to thread the needle with a couple of guys coming up here pretty quickly here. We got a lot of Raider talk as we've been talking about. Tremendous amount of Raider talk coming up here in the next couple of days, all around the Combine and what Dave Ziegler is going to try to attempt to do there, which I think they're going to do a good job. Raider, the Raiders are going. Our digital team will be there to do an amazing job, and uh, we'll find out and we'll get some good information from the dis- digital team. Levi Edwards, Eddie Pascal. Q's going. Q Myers will be there going to Indy, which will be a lot of fun there. That's a grind. And you go out and do a radio show, from that i've done it once before in my career you get a chance to see the owners gms and all that and try to figure out who's going to be there so demand put it in a text as i can hear you here as we keep going as we're trying to figure out uh how we can get these other guys up here we'll do that but the combine will be ready to go phil villapiano the great phil villapiano super bowl 11 what do you say when i say it's fred Bolitnikov's 80th birthday oh my god jt <laughs> And you know what? He still looks good. Yes. I mean, I figured he'd look like a broken down sailor, but my man <laughs> is still a stud at eight years old and still has his foundation and still throws parties and still parties. Freddie Polidnikov, he's my, what do you want? He's my idol. 
You know, Foo, you got a chance to go up against them in practice. You and I have talked about this team, this Raider team, as they try to turn it around. You got a chance to get your skill set to a higher level going up against Cliff and Freddie and Raymond and Casper and all these guys. What was it like to practice with Freddie and go up against them? Oh, man. Well, you know, just his attitude at every practice. And, you know, you know, JT, we like to have fun at nighttime. But when he got down to practice, there was an attitude. And Freddie was one of the, the leaders of, 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 you know, you get into practice, you only got a couple hours, get your work done. And I used to admire, you know, uh, how, like, Henny Kenny would work on a pattern again and again and again and again until they got it perfect. And then on Sunday, it was perfect. And um, so he just taught me, you know, because, uh, he's got a few years on me, and I, I watched him work, and I, I wanted to be like him, you know, from the uh, defensive side. And we used to work just as hard on defense, and you're right, you know, going up against Casper every day and, you know, getting out to the flat and trying beating Freddie to the sideline, you know, and I think, it, it, I think Freddie, you know, all his back shoulder pass stuff, JT, yeah. him and Al Davis invented that. That was our special pattern. Freddie would come back and I mean, he beat everybody at that. You know, nobody knew what he was doing. Now everybody does it, and they call it the back shoulder. They should call it the Bolitnik call. <laughs> like a like a Russian Barishnikov, as they like to say. Uh, <laughs> quickly, Phil. You know, you mentioned Kenny. And you being tight with Kenny and Freddie, having a great relationship. There's Cliff. Uh, there's Mark Davis as a young boy. There's other people. Mike Ciani. Mike Ciani and Freddie Bolitnikoff. We just had James Lofton on. That fraternity of you guys at training camp or on the road or going out or having Joe Namath come out to Oakland or are you hooking up with Joe in New York before a Jet game? Is that what gets you going still? Are those the great memories that you look back with Freddie B? Absolutely. You know, there was never a dull moment with Fred. And, and you know, he's, you know, might be, you know, my nickname was Foo. And he would, Foobit, Foobit, Foobit. What'd you do last night? What'd you do? <laughs> <laughs> he always wanted to know what I did. And half the time I'd make up lies <laughs> just to get him excited, you know? So he kind of, he kind of liked uh, our, my group of a little younger guys and, we were out there having a lot of fun, and Freddie with him and Van and Zach and Stabler every morning. We just have to come up with stories for those guys, which is always, you know, that got us started every day. And then, you know, we'd be in the locker room, and you know, Fred, you know, Pete would be right next to me, number forty, and mm-hmm. Freddie and, and Freddie number twenty-five, and Snake would be right across. So the four of us be yeah, yakking it up, man. You know, great leaders, JT. Great leaders that's what i that's what i how could we lose with guys that were leading us like that full with about one more minute to go we got marcus allen coming up after you and i just the friendship is what matters the most isn't it you know ups and downs and you lose members of your family and there's births and there's deaths and there's all that together but the fact that you knew his kids he knows your kids and and the fact that you guys connect as brothers let alone teammates that's what's got to make you feel good on freddie's 80th that you still have your brother with you and you're going to have many more good times ahead yeah, really, you know, and, and JT, I, you know, I just came back from a trip to Orlando, and I was just telling Janie, you know, that 
there's something going on in my brain about you know uh, with you know with God Daryl dying, Cliff dying, Ray Guy dying, yeah. you know, and then I lose Franco the night before the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, and then last week I lose Conrad Dobler, another great friend. I am so happy to have Freddie around, you know, and, and have, we can't, yeah. I know it's inevitable, but man, these friendships we had, when guys go, it hurts. It yeah. really hurts, and you don't know it, but you feel it, and you always, like, you know, I haven't traveled that much since COVID, but walking through the airport, like, you, you feel a little bit off. Mm-hmm. And I'm not thinking it's because I haven't traveled. I'm thinking it's because of Conrad, Franco, Freddie, you know, I mean, not Freddie, Kenny, you know. Mm-hmm. I I hate all this dying stuff. So, so happy that we're celebrating Freddie's yes. birthday. I can't believe it. I love it. And, and I wish he was on here right now so oh. I could tell him some more lies. You know? All right. Good to talk to you, Foo. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for making time for me. JT, you're the best, as always, and man, I need to know what we're doing about our quarterback situation. <laughs> I will let you know what I know. There he is, Phil Villapiano, Foo, checking in, okay? That's cool. Phil Villapiano, another guy rushing home from work, says, what do you need me? We get him in here now. How about this one on Fred Bolitnikoff's 80th, his son, Fred Bolitnikoff Jr., Freddie Jr., out in Texas. JT. How are you, my brother? How you doing? Cool. <laughs> Good to hear your voice, man. How are you, sir? Dad's 80. What does that mean to you? <laughs> you know, every uh, every day I wake up and I get to hear his voice, it makes me grateful. I'll tell you what. Yeah, no doubt you about know, it. Like, like Fu said, you know, the guys are guys are leaving the earth. And, uh, you know, all those guys that, that Phil mentioned, you know, those are all my heroes when I was a kid. You know, my dad's one of them. So every day they're around, I'm grateful. You know, I'm happy you said that because it's it's difficult to have a father who's iconic. I could never live up to my dad. My dad is 84 and uh, so much better than me, and I just love him so much. But you grew up in the world of sports with your dad bringing you to a practice or a game or to training camp, and the memories you have around this organization through your dad and Mr. Davis before that. Uh, just share a few with me and, and how your dad made that connection in your life. You know, I, I, my parents, as you know, were divorced when I was young. And um, so my dad did everything he could possibly do to, to keep me involved in his life. And we have so many good memories off the field. But, uh, you know, just football-related experiences, you know, no, no matter how many games I coach, no matter how much I've been around football, nothing, nothing digs at me more and uh, – the memory I hold the closest to my heart is walking out of the Rose Bowl after the media was gone, all the fans were gone, and just walking out of the locker room across the field after the Raiders won the Super Bowl, carrying my dad's bag. I was 10 years old, 11 years old, and it was just me and my father walking and talking. And that that feels to me like it was yesterday. Wow, you that, never that shared that with the me. greatest. Wow, so that you're on the field. The greatest. Your dad's the MVP. You're walking with your dad across the field after he's the MVP. And as you know, as a young boy, uh, losing so many of those big games right at the doorstep, what was that relief for you as his son so happy for your dad? Well, yeah, you know, it's one of those things where 
you know, you're happy for your father, but you're happy for all those guys, you know, in a sense, you're kind of too young to understand it because I was only 10 years old, 11 years old, but you just, you had such a good bond with those guys. I'd go to practices and, and, uh, bring my soccer ball when I was young and, and play with Jack and George, you know, Skip and Willie and those guys and run up in the stands up during practice and, catch punts that were bouncing off the chairs from Ray Guy and just knowing all those guys, it was, it was just special for, for everybody, you know, for, and then all the time watching playoff games and they're back in Pittsburgh getting screwed and (laughs) ruining every, ruining all our Christmases and stuff. So it was, it was great to see him finally get that. You know, lastly, you know, this is a celebration of your dad, but you lost your sister, Tracy, and a lot of the people we had on today are ending their comments about that on how your dad and Angela and how you and everybody in your inner circle were able to take such a tragedy and try to bring something across and something positive on the loss of your sister and how important that is as it ties everybody together and it obviously ties you and your dad together. Yeah, you know something, you never, you never, it's not supposed to be that way. You know, parents aren't supposed to put their, um, put their children to rest before, uh, parents, obviously. And, uh, you know, when that happened, um, you know, you just, you, you just feel so bad. And me being the oldest one and the only boy in the family, it's, it's kind of like you have to be there to, uh, to keep everybody strong as much as you could possibly do that. But, you know, through that tragedy, you know, um, it's given me a good platform to talk to the kids that I deal with, um, whether it's teenage girls or whether it's teenage boys in the locker room and, and, you know, just telling them how to live a a clean life as much as possible and how to treat women right. Um, first and foremost, and, you know, on a bigger platform, my father's been able to do that in the Bay area with the help of the Raiders and, you know, a national platform that, uh, that my dad and Angela, especially, um, you know, Angela has done such a great job of, of bringing awareness to the cause and, and all the support that they've gotten. It's, it's, uh, a tragedy for everybody, but, you know, I, I don't think you get the, the support that you got that we've gotten as a family, if it, if it wasn't for my dad and Angela being such good people and, and really meaning, you know, to, to, mm-hmm. to help the cause. All right, my friend, uh, happy 80th to your dad. Good luck coaching in Texas. You had a big impact here in Vegas. I know a lot of parents and kids are going to miss you, and I hope to see a bunch more. Remember that I got an empty Raiders seat. I just have to tell my wife to move over one, and we'll get you to a couple <laughs> Raider games this year, okay? <laughs> I appreciate the hospitality like always. And, Dad, I love you very much. Happy 80th birthday, and hopefully we have many, many more to celebrate, sir. Beautiful. There he is, Fred Bolitnikoff, Jr. Man, uh, we're talking to Hall of Famers and great players. That was an important one. So hopefully Freddie is listening, Angela's listening. We hear from Fred Bolitnikoff, Jr. Did a really nice job at Coronado High School, uh, moving on to another portion of his life in Texas, and we'll be hearing and seeing a lot from him. Waiting on a couple more legends and your phone call, 702-365-9200. This 80th birthday party for Fred Bolitnikoff brought to you by Modelo. I have to do something later today, so I'll wait for my bucket of Modellos to Friday. They'll be dripping wet cold in my backyard. I'll have a bucket of Modellos and celebrate Freddie B's 80th. We'll wrap it up here on the other side. Last call to get in and wish Freddie a happy 80th as we continue on. 702-365-9200. Nice job by everybody. Damon, this was not easy for you today. 
uh, working the phones there and trying to get everybody up. Appreciate that. We'll hear from him. And then Q at the top of the hour. This is the flagship of the Raiders, Raider Nation Radio. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by the Botanist Gin, the number one fastest growing brand. Step up your cocktail game with the Botanist Gin. JT, as we wrap it up, it's Freddie Belitnikoff's 80th birthday party celebration. We've heard from an array of his former uh, teammates, his son, his friends. We appreciate it. A uh, nice note from Angela. Who's listening, Freddie, who is kind enough to listen. Freddie is uh, really important to me, as he's important to you. So that's what we're doing the rest of the way. If you want to get through to the top of the hour, uh, Ronnie and Marcus are supposed to check in, but we've been double booked with some other guys. So we'll see if we get lucky here as we wrap it up here on the other side. But I definitely want to hear from some Raider fans, 702-365-9200. Raider Fish is in Berkeley. Go ahead, Fish. What's happening? Woo, JT. Wow, what a legend, what a legend, baby. First, a little quick anecdotal story about me. Hey, when I was old enough to start shooting craps decades ago, on the come out, if you, you know, on the come out, the two, the three names I would shout out would be Pluckett, Atkinson, and when I hit that 2-5, I shout Freddie B at the top of my lungs, and everybody in the casino looks like I'm crazy, but the Raider fans around the table are people who understand the greatness of the Raiders. They just nod when I shout that Freddie B out. One quick thing. I want all the younger Raider fans or people new to our franchise who are fans, go look at that man's film, and you will see why we are fans of the Raiders because Freddie B epitomizes toughness, character, determination, and just that just win, baby. So how to just win, baby, when you go out? Raiders, happy birthday, Freddie B. Yeah, nice job. That's what we're looking for, some birthday shout-outs. This is an open line for you. There shouldn't be one. Get on through, 702-365-9200. You know, birthday shout-outs are pretty cool, you know, especially when you're 80, wherever you are. Uh, Freddie Jr. called in. We're both the age of the Super Bowl, so we like to talk Super Bowl and have great conversations about that. I thought that Freddie Jr. story was amazing about walking on the field at the Rose Bowl after his dad was able to come through with that MVP. And, you know, I like to know the history of the Raiders, and I don't know it compared to some of you guys, as we say out there in Goodfellas. I talk to Raider Mort every day, and Chris and West Oakland, and Raider Mike, who I had a beer with last week, and the Raider fans that look back at the great history of the Raiders. You know, you got that chunk in the 70s and all the way through through the 80s, and then what happened, you know, good years in the 90s, the early 2000s. I just watched The Bullies of Baltimore. I don't know if you got a chance to see that 30 for 30 documentary, and it's, it's painful to watch that uh, when Tony Saragusa fell down on Rich Gannon and blew out his shoulder there. That was brutal because in that game at the time, the score was 7 nothing. Shannon Sharp scored on you know a third and 15 blitz, which is probably one of the worst defensive calls in Raider history. Trent Dilfer backed up against the Raider goal line in the north end zone, and Greg Beekert blitzed. I went back and I looked at the tape on that, and I saw the play. Greg Beekert blitzed on that play, and they where Greg Beekert would have been five, ten years, uh, yards off the play, and it wasn't Beekert's fault. That's what he was told to do. And Shannon Sharp just ran a quick little slant, Anthony Dorsett took the wrong angle, and Shannon Sharp was off to the races there, and he had a touchdown. And I didn't remember what time that was in the game. And it was only 7 nothing, 
And then Gannon got hurt, I believe, with 11 minutes to go until halftime when Saragusa fell on him and drove him into the ground and blew up his shoulder there, and then the game was over. And when the game was over, that was pretty much it. The Raiders didn't have a capable backup to go back and win that game. But that, that 99, 2000, 2001, 2002 team, okay, John Gruden uh, goes to Tampa. Bill Callahan gets the Raiders into the Super Bowl. We just talked to Tim Brown earlier today. Raiders should have had you know, at least the Super Bowl. I'm talking about the tuck rule game, too. A lot of people remember that was a divisional playoff game for the Raiders. That wasn't the championship game. And if the Raiders would have won the tuck rule game against the team that eventually ended up winning the Super Bowl, I think the Raiders would have won the Super Bowl. So Freddie played De Niro from Super Bowl 2 to 11, where probably the Raiders should have won an additional two Super Bowls, not three or four. You're looking at the, the 70s Steelers and the 70s Dolphins. It'd be pretty arrogant to say, you know, look, they, they could have won four. But the players I talked to think they could have. And the fans I talked to from back in the day said they were the best team out there. And what I think as we're celebrating uh, Freddie's 80th today is the perseverance of those two teams. Those teams in the 70s that came up and lost the Immaculate Reception and lost to Kansas City when they were better than Kansas City. And, you know, beat Kansas City twice during the year but lose to them in the playoffs. That's part of football. You know, that's really part of football in the history of the Raiders as the Raiders are trying to figure out how to get to the next level. So what I find on the radio here on the flagship is how do you respect the past but embrace the future? Well, I think is what we did today or tried to do. You take a legend who deserves all these accolades, you wish him well, and then you get back and you try to tie it into what we're seeing here with the modern era. And what I'm seeing with the modern player now I like what I see. There's some players that I don't like in, in football in general. But the difference between Fred on his 80th and Devontae in his 20s or Hunter in his 20s and some of these other guys is they've been given so much money so early in their career, and they deserve it. They're tremendous athletes. They're great players. But I look back at what Freddie had to do every year and how Freddie had to feed his family and how Freddie had to go work. And if he worked at Golden Gate Fields or he worked in Vegas, right? He worked in Vegas in the offseason. Fred Bolitnikoff, Cliff Branch, Phil Villapiano, Raymond Chester, who called in. All these guys had to have jobs. And then they had to go back and they had to feed their family and be parents and do all that. And then train and be ready for training camp. And then their training camps were brutal, brutal as they were getting in shape, having a good time, and then getting ready to play the greatest teams in the greatest era, arguably, in NFL history? Wow. Not saying that the players today have it easy by no means, but the fact that they don't have to think about money. When you make $40 million a year or $28 million a year or $11 million a year, you never have to worry about money again. You literally don't have to worry about your checking account every two weeks. When you go to your checking account, and there's a deposit of $800,000, and you got a wife and a baby girl, baby son around there. Those players in Freddie's era had to do that, and they never complained about it, right? They knew what they were playing for. They really had to work their butt off. They had to work their butt off to get a raise, and to get a raise is a big deal. And uh, Fred was able to do that with dignity and respect, and he had to do that by negotiating with Al Davis, right? Uh, negotiating with Al Davis, and Al Davis only had so much money back then to go around and how to figure out how to pay these guys. And they were the greatest players to ever play in any era. Ted Hendricks, uh, Art Shell, Gene Upshaw, Henry Lawrence. All of these guys. Incredible. We wrap it up with Mike Haynes, the gentleman Raider. 
Hey, Mike, thanks so much for doing this on Freddie's 80th birthday. What does Freddie mean to you on his 80th? Oh, he means everything to me. One, he's a football player that lived to be 80. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm really proud of him. And, uh, Freddie, just want to wish you a happy birthday. I was going to sing, but you know, I don't know if you want me to go that far. Hey, Mike, you know a lot of great players in your life and is one of the greatest corners of all time. You know, you went up against your contemporaries, but when you look back at Freddie and his footwork and Cliff, who was like a brother to you and all the other guys, what do you think of Freddie? Take me through the technician of Fred Bolitnikoff running routes. Well, I learned a lot from watching him on film and then, you know, uh, having a chance to see how he thinks and how he coaches and what he coaches the guys to do. He was way ahead of his time, you know, and um, a great coach. Everybody that coached or played for him, knows what kind of a coach he was, not only with technique, but also the inside, the gut strength that it takes to, to do some of the things that receivers are asked to do. He, was, he could do it all. That's fantastic to hear. You know, Mike, when you put on that gold jacket, we waited for Cliff. He wasn't here in the snake. But what are those conversations? I, I, I think I recall you and Freddie out there. You know, sometimes Freddie might be under the stage. You're out there early. You're sitting on one of the couches. What's it like as we did it at Benders together with our wives? What's it like when you connect with Freddie and Canton? Well, it's, it's always great, you know, because I always have to ask him about his whole family, especially his wife and his, and his daughter. And um, we always have a good time we're reminiscing. And, you know, even when we're talking about Al Davis and, you know, he got to play for Al and with Al and work with Al on and off the field and had a totally different relationship. So he has tons of good stories of, uh, of things that, you know, he experienced with Al. Mike Haynes, as we wrap it up. So, Mike, when you, when you look at your friends in life, I've been wrapping it up with all the other Hall of Famers and legends to call in. There's a brotherhood that I don't understand that you have with the Raiders and your years with the Patriots. I want to wrap it up with the brotherhood that you have with Fred and what's that like when you see him in a private event or you see him at a public event and what that relationship means to you going forward? Well, I know he's a straight shooter, and, and whatever comes out of his mouth, it's the, it's the real deal, you know. And uh, I can count on his, his, his word, his trust, everything. And uh, I'm really blessed to have had an opportunity to, to get to know him and his family and, you know, there's, it's, just, it's just special times. And, so, and to make it to 80, come on. That's just amazing. I'm, I didn't know he was 80. I'm glad you told me that. Well, that's, yeah. just, that's a good goal for me right now. But my goal right now is 125. But I'm, I'm hoping I at least get to 80. <laughs> you will. You will. The legends get there. And the ones who don't, we pay tribute to them. Hey, Mike, thanks for doing this. Have a great rest of your week. And thanks to Jamie for setting this up and you doing this. This means a lot, especially as we wrap it up on Freddy's 80th. I appreciate you. All right. Take care, man. You got it. Mike Haynes. How how nice way to end the show there. That's really great. So I just want to spend a minute and uh, kind of wrap it up on a personal note. You know, you get an opportunity to meet great people in your life. And uh, Freddie's uh, done a lot for me. And I appreciate that relationship going forward. Again, my dad's the most important person in my life. I'll see him again. Coming up here, I'll be off next Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. My dad's 84. Freddie's 80. And, you know, I, I miss my dad every day. And I talk to him every day. And I'm lucky to talk to Freddie. Almost every day. There's just something about me at this stage of my life where I want to talk to the people that matter most to me all the time because that's what matters most to me. You matter to me on the radio. My jobs matter a lot to me, but nothing uh, I value more 
than my parents and my family and the people that I love the most and the relationships I have and the ones that I'm lucky enough to have. Damon, get on the microphone. Damon, you're going to remember this one. I wanted to congratulate you on getting the XFL gig as the analyst on the radio with Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the Raiders. How excited are you? Oh, I'm super excited, JT. This is one of those moments where you got to pinch yourself doing color commentary, especially alongside Harry. It's going to be so much fun, and I'm getting one step closer to getting that interview with Rock. Yeah, you know, I know. You you wrestling guys. Man, is that the Mount Rushmore of interviews? I mean, because there's a lot of great wrestlers who are still with us a lot who we've lost along the way, but the Rock, is is he on your Mount Rushmore? Oh, yeah, definitely from my childhood. I know all the catchphrases, you know, want to go one-on-one with the great one. So this Saturday, as you know, the XFL Vipers, the Vegas Vipers have their first game, maybe we can get The Rock in the booth if he's in town. Well, I think that should happen because if, if I'm guessing right, The Rock's been to all these games, right? He's going from game to game, uh, home openers and all that. So I expect him to be here. And my buddy Russ Brandon is the president of the league. And I go back to college with him. So that's another great connection. But, Damon, nice job today. I know you had to work the phones with the callers and the legends. So I appreciate you doing this. Thank you, JT. All right. There you go. Damon Cotton, appreciate him coming on. And Q's coming up next. He's got a great show lined up every day. I believe he's on his way to Indy which will be good. We got a show tomorrow. I got three uh, chalk talks coming up with the Raiders, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, One's going to be with Tim Brown, Kirk Morrison. So I'll be over at the stadium at Allegiant, and I'll also be at the Raiders team headquarters. As we wrap it up, uh, happy birthday to Fred Bolitnikoff again, 80th birthday. Hope for about another 45 more. Angela Bolitnikoff, thanks for all your help and friendship. Uh, Thanks to Jamie Fritz, who actually produced this show. Uh, the the agent for these guys who all called in, pretty much all of them. So thanks to Jamie for pulling this off. A cigar on me, no doubt about that. So I had a great day today. Five hours up, five hours down. I'm going to get a beverage and toast Freddie B. You do the same. And we'll see you back here tomorrow on the flagship of the Silver and Black.